Hi, I'm Josh Givens. And I'm Stan. And welcome to this episode of Rescuing Churches, where it's always a great adventure discussing church revitalization and pastoral life. Learn more at 614ministries.org. Org. O-R-G. Right? Not Borg. Not Borg like Bad guys. the Borg from the Star Trek or anything Borg. like that. Good, good okay. guys. Go to that website. Organization. Everybody, everybody that's listening, go to that website. Speaking of pastoral life, Dad, it's no secret that with all the ongoing effects that we've seen kind of coming out of COVID and the effects that COVID has had on church attendance and church morale, the majority of pastors right now are thoroughly exhausted and really worn out. But this reality was true even pre-COVID, right? Yeah, I think the COVID is stress. <laughs> it's the and there's a there's a difference. It's the complication of the stress of you know having to re refigure church and then manage state and local guidelines and all that really important stuff that you guys get paid a lot of money right, to figure out. Right. Yeah, yeah, all that. Yeah, and then and then <laughs> you know then you're caught between the you know come back and we don't care about the mask and we care about the mask and we'll die we'll die if we don't wear a mask and. We'll, we'll die if we wear mask crowd. So, you're, exactly. You're, exactly. You know, it, it becomes the no win situation where you're caught in the middle of all that. Oh, yeah. So, so all that was I there. think the stress may be the COVID issue. Sure. Yeah. The, the stress is there for sure. And, and like us, 2020 has been a crazy year of stress anyway. It so. has been a crazy year. And, and like I said, the, the research and the statistics were there even pre COVID. Um, and those of you that are, are, Longtime listeners to us, and if you've been following us on social media, you know that we cite some statistics from. Hey, we had how many downloads recently? Uh, we yeah, actually. Speaking of which, if you have been following us, we thank you for following we, us. Yeah, we really appreciate all of you who are listening. We've had over twenty five hundred downloads nice. to our podcast, and that does not include the people that are just List, streaming, streaming and listening from other apps. Right. These are those are actual downloads, hard yeah. hard count downloads. So cool. thank you very much. Yes. Hello and welcome to Rescuing Churches with Stan and Josh Gibbons. This is the official podcast of Six Fourteen Ministries, where we exist to renew vision and restore hope at struggling churches across the country. With over 80% of churches in decline and 1,500 pastors a month battling depression, we strive to equip members and encourage ministers to pursue new directions of stability and growth. Back in 2015, and these are the statistics that LifeWay Research put together, a lot of pastors um, were struggling, and the percentages that LifeWay kind of put together found that 84% of pastors say that they're on call 24-7. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out how the other 
you know, sixteen percent aren't on call. Right. There, there's got to be some <laughs> some kind of magic. They, what happened there? There's got to be some kind of magic there. Um, <laughs> right. Those of you that follow us on social media, especially if you're on our Instagram account, then you've seen these statistics before. I've put them up in a few graphics and things like that. Eighty percent of pastors expect conflict to occur regularly within their church. That's yeah, the other twenty I want to talk about. Right. Exactly. <laughs> how did they? Where, where how did do those, you not have conflict? How is that possible? Where did those guys are, go? Are you pastoring people? Yes. <laughs> what? A, so maybe they just don't expect it to happen, uh, yeah. or when it does happen, yeah, they right. don't know about it. Right. Somebody else is handling it, and uh, they're totally it. unaware of it. So Good plan. 54% of pastors find that their role as pastor, as pastor is overwhelming. Got it. 48%, and again, this was back in 2015, 48% find that the demands of ministry are more than they can handle. That's actually a biblical principle. So sure. I, I understand the stat, and I understand what they're trying to say. Sure that it's overwhelming and more than you can handle, but it's biblical principle that God's, you know, put us in a position to do something that only God can do right. so, exactly. through, through us. So I totally get that. Now there was this really great article. And, and again, those, those statistics are from Lifeway research, but they're a little 2015. bit 2015, 2015, and they're a little bit dated. So that's why I kind of wanted to bring us into some more recent stuff. There was a really great article last year in July from, from factsandtrends.net, and it was written by Mark Dance, where he argued that pastors are not quitting in droves. And this was a, a really important point. He cited all of that data from Lifeway Research and wound up dispelling a whole bunch of the myths that were associated with it to essentially say that although pastors might be exhausted and tired and worn out, they're not actually quitters. They're not throwing in the towel, which was kind of the prevailing myth associated with all that research. Right. A lot of people were thinking pastors are giving up and leaving the ministry right. and quitting and all that stuff. So it, it was it was kind of a positive spin on the whole thing. But moving to the current statistics that we're seeing right now in the midst of COVID, this is coming from some Barna research from May of 2020. So this mm-hmm. is very recent data. Three out of 10 pastors, 31%, say that they're struggling with their emotional well-being right now. 26% admit to struggling with their relational well-being. Over half say that they are tired, but that's kind of ministry mm-hmm. life, right? Like you yeah. mentioned a second ago. If you're not tired, you're not in ministry. Yeah, if you're, you're not doing, tired, you're, doing you're probably else. not doing ministry yeah. life right. Yeah. Two in five pastors admit to feeling primarily exhausted. That's mm-hmm. 41%. That's a bigger word, by the way, exhausted. Exhausted. Another 41% say that they are sad. say that they are panicked. (laughs) I get that. Another other concerning emotions that were listed are feelings of powerlessness, which was 17% feeling angry, 16% or just indifferent, which was only about 5%. But over one third, and this was the positive thing said that they did feel helped. And these were pastors that said that they were Mm -hmm. seeing someone or had a close friend in the ministry or had a, a, a buddy or somebody that they could talk to and, and, you know, vent with and things like that. Another 35% said that they felt strong. So there was a little bit of a positive takeaway at the end of that. Um, But I do think that with that many pastors admitting to being tired and especially that many pastors admitting to being exhausted combined with how 2020 has gone, I kind of wanted to take a minute to take apart this idea of exhausted power. Yeah. And let me, let me just say, I, I'm understanding these stats to say the pastors really aren't quitting. Exactly. The, the problem for 614, the heart at six, of 614 
is to rescue churches that are failing. So whether the pastor quits or whatever, we still have that large number looming out there. Oh, that, absolutely. That churches are failing. Absolutely. And we want to help them. So we also want to come alongside these pastors that do feel discouraged or exhausted and help them. Well, that's the whole point of this episode. Yeah, exactly. That's the whole exactly. reason. That's the whole reason we're doing this episode. You got so it. We'll, we'll give it a shot and see. You got it. So first, let me just ask you, as a forty-plus year pastor yourself, I'm exhausted. <laughs> have you? But have you felt a more intense exhaustion this year in regards to pastoral responsibilities? Because I know that, like you said, 2020 has been grueling for just about everyone in some way. It's been grueling for people in almost every career field, but specifically in pastoral work and ministry, has there been an added weight in 2020? There, let's let's talk about it in a couple of different categories. Okay. I would say 2020 has been, as we said at the beginning of this podcast, they have been, it's been much more stressful year. Right. There have been a lot more decisions to make. There've been a lot more challenges. You had the, and we've talked about this ad infinitum on our previous podcast, there's been the disconnect of the church from itself, people from one another's and the one another pull apart has caused the church to go into a cycle or something, uh, you know, that's negative. And so as pastors, we've had to step our game way up to begin to address some of that. Cause we're not you know, for a lot of churches, even today, they're still not meeting in their building. Mm-hmm. So not having regular attendance. So the, so the fellowship's lost and you got a lot to come back from that. Right. So, so I would say that's, that's one level of it. I would say the other level is in our situation, if I'm just going to talk candidly about us and our church, small country church, uh, you know, blue collar church, uh, we went through a bunch of hard storms a couple of years ago. We were coming out of that actually had stabilized and were on the, upside of that right beginning to see god doing some fresh work in our church but it was pulling a train up a hill mm-hmm. and covid hit and actually put the train in reverse sure. <laughs> so so yes it, it is much more exhausting this year um you compound that with you know i'm in my 40th plus year of ministry 20 plus years of ministry at the same church and in your brain as a pastor you want this your 20th year, you kind of think at some point it's going to get at some point, the train's going to get up over the top of the hill, at least get on the flat ground. Right. And the pull won't be as hard. Um, so when it got harder, it was more discouraging. It was harder. Um, now for our church, God's done this incredible work that we've seen in the last since March, since COVID, we've seen this incredible work. We have an entire group of new people and families coming in. Um, people that have a real heart for ministry and they're, they're feeding homeless. They're out looking for people to support and help. Um, you know, I had one of them talk to me this, this morning after service about, um, you know, I'm going to start taking more time off work so I can help serve the community through this ministry. Just tell me what we need to do. If we can, we need to go repair somebody's house. If we need to go do some yard work, just tell me what we need to do. I want to be a part of that. Right. And so even when you're tired as a pastor, when people begin to follow the guidelines of the scripture that you've been preaching, the discipleship model, the love one another models, the love your neighbor model, it energizes you. The energy, you know, gets built back up as your people are obedient. Right. Right. So that's actually while you're while you're feeling discouraged about a lot that's going on culturally or sort of the big picture. 
then there's the positive that comes back in as people begin to follow Christ. So, so I, I would say it hasn't, this year has been a very strong year for us uh, as a church. And so I feel refreshed, but I also feel tired you know, At the same time. I'm almost I'm almost 60. And so sure. and we were here last night till almost 10 locking up. Oh, yeah. You know, we had testimonies on the lawn, 64 people at our church, you know, 40 plus of them, not our people. Right. Here, hearing the testimonies and hearing God doing great work. We had some people saved last night. We had a lot of great things happen. Right. So so but in our you know, you got to prepare all that. We serve food for that event. So there's the food. There's the cleanup. There's to get all the bathrooms clean before it. There's to clean all the bathrooms after it. You know, so it's a, and as you know, yesterday was very busy for me. We had a, our, the mission that I serve had a, a walkathon. So I wore all the wrong shoes for all the wrong day. Oh, I yeah. was exhausted when I got home last night. You were making fun of me. Oh, yeah. For being so tired and my feet being so sore. Yeah. So, well, and I had already put together the content for this episode and said, hey, you're exhausted. And I'd really like to talk about pastoral exhaustion <laughs> exactly. tomorrow. So. Exactly. So this is great. So there, there's a, there's a, a give and take in all that. Oh, I yeah. love getting to do all that, but it is it is taxing. Yeah, taxing. Very taxing. You know, and, and you don't get everything done. You know, I missed a number of things yesterday. I needed to take care of that I never got to. Oh yeah, sure. They're pretty important things. I couldn't get to them. You well, know? and I just, that, I'm gonna have to wait. And I think that what you're hitting on right there is just, and with this statistical research, it just gives us a really clear peek into the reality of the pastor shepherd life i mean you know you know you you've repeated it several times how you've been in pastoral ministry for 40 years and you know what it's like um yes and when you're a pastor's son when you're the wife of a pastor you know what ministry life is like yeah it's um, going to be long hours it, long days yeah it is and that's real life it, it's real it, ministry this isn't some kind of facade it's not, or, it's not 40 hours a week and that's yeah. that's a very big problem for some for some families oh yeah the families get frustrated when they're you know we're not off every all day saturday and all day monday exactly somebody call you monday morning with a crisis you got to step into you just have to you got to go handle it so. yeah yeah exactly it's 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 not always just this neat little you know package thing with a nice pretty bow on it. So. Yeah, it's definitely not banker hours. Yeah. And and or, or even uh you know the the retail business you were you worked in for a while. It's not it's not a retail thing where you're on a schedule, hey, I'm on and I'm off. And I'm on I'm on these hours today and I'm on different hours tomorrow, but I'm on and I'm off. Right. Most pastors, that twenty four seven statue read, that's the truth for most pastors. Oh yeah. And in the process, if you if you're gonna be a good dad, a good husband, you know, you've got to as far as your schedule, you've got to begin to work through, you know, how to balance that out. You may have to say no to some ministry stuff that gets complicated, but really what you have to do is you have to, you have to build up bigger blocks of time for family and take blocks of time off for family. You remember sure. growing up as a kid, we just go off camping, Oh yeah, you know, and, and, or I just, you know, spend the day at home playing all day, you know, so we had a big block of time. If I had ministry stuff that ate up a number of my evenings, you know, I would bite back with a block of time to the family. So, you know, feel the, the presence of dad and husband are there. Oh yeah, exactly. And I think that it's, it's a good thing that we're discussing this because it, it really illuminates the fact that pastors are, and, and I'd like for everybody out there to hear this, pastors really are real people and <laughs> they struggle and combat, struggle with and combat real things. They're not superhuman, you robots. know, robots. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 
we, a lot of churchgoers, especially in larger churches, but really, I mean, even in small churches, especially in small you churches. may only see your pastor once a week, twice a week and see him for an hour or an hour and a half. And that's it. You don't see him again until the next service. And so you're only seeing this tiny little snippet into his life where you're seeing his social media videos and posts where he's good to go for that little thing. But you're not seeing everything that happens behind the scenes right. and how exhausted and worn out he is from right. the 12 million other things he's having to do. Yeah. Um, and it's it's, you know. It's, and you're not at his house when he lays under his truck and changes his own oil. Right, exactly. Cut, cuts his grass. Exactly. You know, finds his dog that runs away, and you got to chase him through the neighborhood for half a day. All that stuff that's a part of just real, real life, life, just yeah. like other real people. Exactly. So let me um, kind of veer into the, the, question, the first question here and just ask you, you know, you're a very task-oriented person. Anybody who knows you well knows this. And you've used this as a sermon illustration about yourself a lot of times, how task oriented you are yeah, versus people oriented, right? I'm much more task oriented, much more task oriented. What would you say to the task oriented pastor who has trouble saying no to certain things and trouble slowing down when he needs to take a break? How can you actually say no to ministry appointments without hurting feelings, <laughs> without coming off as uninterested, especially if you're the pastor that's wearing way too many hats. Yeah. Do you have any specific tips here? Yeah, you're asking the wrong guy, honestly. And part of my challenge is being task-oriented. I'm also a driven overachiever. Every test I take, all these little whatever tests you take, I'm a driven overachiever. All the personality tests. Yeah, so so not only am I a task person, I like to fill the task list up right, and, and get it full-blown so it feels like the day has a lot to do. I'm really bad at what, what the guys today call white space in your margin or margins or white space. I'm terrible at that. Yeah. I've had a count, but I will tell you that helping me to fix some of that, you know, I've had, I've had a team of people around me for a while now that know I'm bad at it. And so they hold me accountable to white space and margin. They ask a lot of questions about that uh, with me. Um, I, you have to work hard to not let your accountability people to fool your accountability people. When they ask if you're not good at it, you got to be it honest. Right. So I think part of it is the honesty of saying, I know I'm a little overworked. I'm, a little, I'm, pushing too hard. I'm, I'm adding too many things. So now I need my elders, my deacons, a couple of good close friends. You were talking about the close friend thing earlier. I need a couple of good close friends that I can speak to and they are going to hold me to building in natural margins. And I've learned over the years, just for me personally, uh, my study time in the word is an appointment. It's not optional. It's an appointment. So if somebody wants to meet with me and I'm planning that as a study time, I'm going to have an appointment. Then we got to rearrange your schedule, not mine. Right. And I used to younger pastor do it the other way around, do it the other way around. And then at two o'clock in the morning, I'm still trying to stay up and study and put together a sermon. Yes. (laughs) But I've learned, I've learned, I need to make appointments with the word of God and the God of the word and hold those as important as a, as a person's appointment on my schedule. That's an excellent tip. Um, Excellent tip. And it helps me. It helps me not be as driven. And it gives me some white space. I also need a big part of white space that I've learned is I'm bad about, as a task person, I'm bad about stacking stuff 
hard in a day sure. where there's no gray area. So if I get stuck in my first appointment too long, if I'm making a hospital visit that runs over or while I'm down there, I find out somebody else that I know is in the hospital and I got to make that visit. Right. Now my day's 35, 40 minutes off schedule. Right. But if I didn't have any white space, mm-hmm. any margins in there, yep. all of a sudden I'm in trouble and my whole day is chase, 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 you know? Um, when I was bivocational a lot doing the yards, you know, oh, I remember if, if, you know, one of the reasons I kept you on yards with me was what would you need to do? Go talk go to the talk person. To the person. So yep. I don't have to. Exactly. <laughs> I want to exactly. cut grass and go. Yep. And the whole time I'm cutting grass, you can be talking. You can be talking to Miss Little Old So and So. Right. Yep. And and she'll be so happy she got to talk to oh, somebody yeah. and everybody be happy and we're off and gone. And we won't be here on this yard for an hour and yeah, a half. Yeah, I don't have to cut and then talk for another forty five minutes. Exactly. Because it, it would throw my schedule off. But I've day. also throw learned I have to put those blocks in my schedule during the day. Don't exactly. fill my schedule up so heavy that I can't fit something else in or just take a break. Yeah. You know, read, rest. That's a good tip. Really good tip. So Yeah, it's only taken me, you know, 59 years to learn. To that, figure so. that out. Mm-hmm. So until today, you're doing all right. I'm getting there. <laughs> How concerned are you about the statistical numbers being what they are, though? I mean, we, we talked about the 2015 numbers, but yeah. then we segued into last year's. We looked at the 2020 numbers. Are you actually concerned about these kind of statistics or do you see it as something that, you know, you, you would have expected them to be about right where they are? I honestly think those stats, it's interesting because I think reading those stats, they're probably shaded lighter than they really are. I think more pastors are exhausted than are willing to admit it. Admit, right. Or they're not in touch with themselves, which is scary. Which is scary. <laughs> yeah. I think more pastors are uh, sad than they're willing to admit. I think more pastors are struggling with their emotional well-being than they're willing to admit. So I think this survey is probably not mad at the survey people. I'm just saying I think pastors don't like admitting sure. <laughs> that sure. stuff. And well, so and you try you try to make yourself sound stronger than you are. Yeah. And in your heart, you want to be stronger than you are. Yeah, so and so and you're not necessarily and, you're not lying. You're just yeah. projecting your future <laughs> self onto that survey. Exactly. Once and I get a handle on this, I'll feel better about myself. <laughs> and surveys and research can only deduce so much. After, yeah, whatever the answers whatever are. The but answer but are. I do believe the numbers are probably even more complicated than we're seeing. They're more uh, stronger than we're seeing. I don't deny for a second that every pastor you know that's really doing his job is going to get tired sure um exhausted is a little different um but right. i've been exhausted so many times i you know lost count so sure. but sometimes it's like i was saying earlier there's a good exhaustion like i like today right. i'm exhausted but it's because ministry was so awesome the last three or four days i've delivered food to people that needed food we've had the hurricane come through here so right we've had all kinds of needs we delivered our washer to somebody that needed a washer yep um, we're helping people. I took took uh, you know a generator to somebody that didn't have a generator. We, we're just we just been helping, helping, helping. So so it's a good exhaustion, and it's right. a God doing a great work exhaustion. It's not a feel like I'm pulling the train uphill and nobody's paying attention. Yeah, nobody's trying. <laughs> you, you feel productive within your ministry. Yes, yeah, yeah, so, which is a good thing. Yeah. Let's talk about what are some of the you know practical things or methods that you've found to be helpful. This goes back to the maybe like the scheduling thing that help you prioritize rest? What would you say to the pastor that's having trouble resting and who's consumed by his ministry? 
I'd first tell them, call somebody besides me to get real help because <laughs> I'm still in a huge you're, learning curve. Because you're still on the learning curve. But accountability, as I mentioned earlier, accountability, accountability is really is a important. Big, big one. You know, you know I've got ticket. one of my elders that just rides me on oh, that yeah. all the time. And, and he'll point it out to you yeah, if he, if he, he knows. checks it out. And, yeah. and I've got a close friend right. you know, who almost every Monday asks me the same kind of things. Yep. Um, but I think as pastors also just pragmatically, you have to look at seasons where – you know, this is going to be a, a busy season for the church. Uh, we're working on a project. We're working on some ministry stuff, and we're pushing, pushing, pushing. Mm-hmm. And so you know you're going to be busy, but you've got to be thinking ahead that the season right behind that, I need to slow everything back down. Maybe get a couple of pulpit fills um, so I can have a couple of weeks off mentally. Even if I don't leave the church, even if I'm not on vacation, I'm just here. But I can have a pulpit fill so I get some time away from the, the grind of having to make that next Sunday presentation, you know, from God to the people, it's right. pretty heavy. Also, then I, then I, I just need a season where I can just refresh myself. So, um, you know, for me, that's hunting season coming oh, yeah. up. Exactly. <laughs> got, my, got my silent partner over here. Give me that. So uh, <laughs> exactly. he's got a new piece of land. We're going to find uh, all <laughs> the deer we can find on. So, but, but there's, there's just a, a rich, a richness to, um, the fall for me, the fall and the, the winter, especially because of hunting season. And I'm, I'm an avid bow hunter. I'm not even good at it. I'm just avid. Right. I don't know what that it's means. Just a personal. Sounds hobby. good when I say it. <laughs> um, but I can tell you this, just sitting in a tree stand watching right. birds and squirrels makes me a happier person. Right. So um, listening to the sounds of nature uh, in a tree, dressed like a tree, makes me feel happy. <laughs> so it's refreshing to me. So I know there's this season coming. Right. So these big push, these the the testimonial lawn nights that we've been doing every month, uh, heavy drive for ministry, mm-hmm. the going to the neighborhood and sharing, walking and all that, all that stuff that's pushing. I know there's coming a time when we're going to go, all right, let's take a break from that. Sure. And I can actually refresh, you know, in the forest. So, right. So, so I think I think that's part of it is you got to look at the seasons of your ministry and know when it's time to push and when it's time to step back. Step back. And that's a good place for me to actually mention the fact that right around and speaking of the fall and this ministry, our podcast um, around Thanksgiving and Christmas, we'll probably take a little bit of a break from our podcast. So for all of our regular podcast listeners who are out there, we can take a little season gaps for the holidays. Um, well, if we get caught up like we're supposed to, we'll, we'll just drop in the ones we've done. So. Exactly. <laughs> so even Said and, the director, <laughs> and, and this is something that, um, that I, I threw in here because, um, in a previous episode, um, we made a Jesus reference that was a little humorous. And so I, I decided we would do another little Jesus reference here okay. and say that, uh, even though pastors are not superhuman and are not like Jesus, <laughs> Jesus is still a great example for us to look at. So even in his earthly ministry, he often grew weary and yes. right. And he had yes. to withdraw from the crowds in order to rest and recharge because even though he was fully God, he was also fully man. And you have got, you know, that whole passage from Matthew 14 about how he often went into the mountains or a quiet place to rest mm-hmm. um, and pray alone. And then there's the passage that you love to teach during Bible study methods about how he was asleep during the storm. Sure. So even it during says they took him in the boat as he was, as he was. And you learn later how he was, was exhausted, exhausted Yep. from doing ministry. Yep. And so, so he could sleep in the middle of a gale, even in the in middle of that storm, <laughs> he's out. Yeah. So 
if Jesus rested, no pastor, elder, deacon, ministry volunteer, staff person, no one should be thinking himself invincible. So how do we follow Jesus' example in this? What do you think are some practical ways that we can do that? You know, a lot of pastors know intellectually that they should rest, but they don't actually do it. I, th- I think you have to elevate it to a higher level of importance. If you know, make it more of a priority. If you know your personality is driven, if you know you're, uh, you know, a push person mm-hmm. that just constantly is trying to achieve and push, task oriented, whatever that is, you got to give it a little higher value and priority. I-, I think that's why some pastors know they should do it, but actually don't do it. Right? They haven't made it important enough yet. Sure. So I think you got to make sure it's important and. Seek counsel, you know, seek godly older pastors to right. warn you about that. And um, the advice of the elders. Yeah. Yeah. Ask the, your oldest pastor that you know that had a heart attack recently why that happened. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> um, but, but it, I really do think you got to have, you got to have counsel and you got to push it to a value system, push it into your value system a little higher. Yeah. And practically something I didn't do for years. By yeah. The way. And practically not, speaking, not practically speaking, if you're a, scheduling person and you're using apps on your phone, if you're a hard calendar guy, it, it may even help you to actually carve carve out the time on your calendar. This is where I'm taking a break to do such and such or just rest. This is yes. my slot for rest, whatever rest looks like for you. Well, but I'm, I'm going to tell you as a task oriented person, when I sit down. Oh, I know. I know. When I sit down, <laughs> I feel guilty. Right. Yep. Because... I have a list of things to do. You feel like you should be doing something I'm a else. Doer. Yep. And I want to get up and do. So so you feel like that, you're wasting that, time. Yeah. So <laughs> there is a challenge to to task oriented people that when you block out that sit down time, what's that time for? Sure. You know? And I think you have to create some other values around that time. It's time for me to read a book. It's time for me to rest. Right. But by rest, what do I mean? You know, is it literally sit and watch nature? That's for me coming up. Right. It could be something as simple as that. Something as simple as a little time with the family, uh, a vacation away with the family, some Mm -hmm. downtime with your favorite TV show or music or good movie, good movie, whatever it is. Um, So, yeah, that's that's always endless possibilities there. Just as long as it's something that takes you away from the stress that you were mentioning earlier of ministry, Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. um, the things that exhaust you from the ministry world, I I think is is good. So. All right. Well, those are all good tips, great practical suggestions and ideas. We thank all of you for listening to this episode of Rescuing Churches. We hope you found this content and dialogue helpful and inspiring as always. If you'd like to give us some thoughts and feedback on this episode, we'd love to hear from you at 601-909-0614, or you can email us at 614rebuild at gmail.com. You can also follow us on all of our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at 614rebuild.